Kane and Bucks. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. The AFL want to double the number of registered participants by 2033 and he's going to increase funding in traditional NRL states, New South Wales and Queensland, while still remaining fully committed to um, the heartland states, Victoria, Tasmania, South Australia, West Australia. They're going to spend a billion dollars across the next decade in an effort to get more people playing the game. To tell us about that is the AFL General Manager of Game Development. His name's Rob Ald. Rob, thanks for your time on SEM Breakfast. Good morning, Kay. How are you? I'm good. I, I know you've coached at uh, community level, and it's really important to you, Rob. The, the challenge behind this, it's a, it's a big fi- figure when you say a billion dollars. Uh, tell us about how it came about. It's big and bold. It was a result of the um, AFL Commission in August 2022 uh, enshrining 10% of revenue uh, to gain development, which I think was a statement of confidence, but also a statement of recognition of how important grassroots footy is to the total system. Without grassroots footy, the talent pathway then diminishes and then the AFL, AFLW elite competitions follow on from that. So <clears throat> we've we set about strengthening our, our competitions across the country in 2023. We feel like we've got back to a position of sufficient stability now where we can look forward 10 years with that enshrined percentage and that billion dollars to invest and, and grow our participant base um, from 526,000 today to a million by 2033. Well, Rob, we see in government funding, sometimes the dollars uh, are allocated, but they might not always get to the root matter or the cause of, of or, or fix what you're trying to fix what what are the things manifestly on the ground that you'd like to see improved um, in local and, and, and country or community footy in the next two or three years it's a, it's a really good point about making sure that our investment's targeted mm. and it suits our markets and, and that's why we call out the differentiation between the heartland states and New South Wales and Queensland there'll be different approaches Relative. The three things to answer your question precisely are formats. So I, I think our growth needs to still come off a really strong base of traditional community football, but I think we need to make more opportunities for more people to be able to play more often. That's number one. The second one is facilities. Um, we want to create the best facility network across the country, both indoor and outdoor, and indoor is a bit of a new foray for us to create custom-built facilities for AFL to be played. Um, and then the last one is environments. We need to make sure they're welcoming and inclusive. We've, we've got to make sure that they're available no matter what your cultural background is uh, for women and girls right across the country. We want to make sure that those environments are the best they can be. Rob, had, on the facilities aspect of it, I know like my boys played junior footy over the last six, seven years and, and simply finding a patch of grass at the right times of a week to train has been difficult, especially with the advent of women's footy and, and so many young girls are playing these days, which is great. But it just it's just been a um, a squeeze on availability of of, um, of ovals. How do you how do you manifestly make a difference there in, in the short term? There's two there's two ways that we're approaching that challenge and it is a real challenge. The two ways we're approaching is if we can get 25 extra hours out of an existing oval, that's equivalent to an additional oval. Yeah. So that can come from better playing surfaces, better lighting, better change room, better drainage. They're live examples. And then obviously green space, which is not always available where you need it to be, where your population is. But those two areas, over the last 
seven years we've been able to make available an extra 420 grounds. We now think that we need to have almost an extra two ovals a week, every week for the next decade, to be able to accommodate a million registered participants. Tell me about the different types of the game. As I note here, one of the points is you're going to roll out modified versions of the game to attract new markets, including diverse communities. What may that look like, Rob? Yeah, you know, there's a bit of there's a bit of we're going to walk and chew gum a bit around. We want to make sure our traditional format strong. There's Auskick, which is a new product we put into the market, which is a, a bridge between Auskick and Juniors. Sorry, the Superkick bridge between Auskick and Juniors. There's nines. I actually don't think, Kane, we exactly know what precisely mm. the design and the format is today, but we need to commit to innovating. We need to understand what's working well um, internationally, what's working well in other sports. We're getting global participation trends of people telling us they are as attracted to events as they are competitions now. And we also want to make sure that for diverse communities, coming straight into the mainstream version of our game can be quite intimidating. And so I want to make sure we've got some stepping stones that you still get that real footy fix. It doesn't, it's that not that much of a departure that you feel like you're playing a completely foreign game, but it does need to have an, a, an ability to accommodate all people. Mm. I mean, those executives from the AFL have done extensive travel and, and flag football is coming into the Olympics. So that there are examples of it. And you mentioned nines is a terrific game to play. It's, it's a lot of fun, but I'm not sure it's quite caught on. There's AFLX. So I'm sure you'll come up with something. Um, Rob, tell me about um, the reaction to this from, from community level because our text machine lights up and, and Bucks sort of hit on it, but there's a few sceptics out there going, oh, we won't, we won't see a dollar of this. But what do you say to those people that are sending those text messages in this morning? Well, the, the, the first thing I'd, I'd say to them is I'd rather have this opportunity than not for a start. So I'd rather have a billion dollars available to us to invest over the next 10 years with a goal of a, of a million and then I completely understand, you touched on it earlier about my experience in community footy. I still live in a small country town. I get how people would be curious about how that's going to help my club, my league, my region in the next footy season or two. So our, our real focus here is making sure we've got local people representing those clubs and leagues and we're investing in those as well as investing in the growth. The really, really powerful part of this announcement is we can actually do both now. Whereas previously, we've, we've had to make choice between one or the other. And for me, we can actually do both. And we can help people right around the country that are playing footy every week. And we can also plan for a, a brighter, bigger, better future. Well, it's hard to be critical of, of anything that you've said. There's the flow-on challenges that come with it. Like, like I think of umpires and volunteers and coaches. No doubt you would have thought about all of that. But particularly umpires, a lot of our elite AFL umpires are, are well into their 40s now, Rob, and I'm concerned about the lack of talent coming through with umpiring. So what are you going to do in that space as well? Umpires, coaches, volunteers are quite often the forgotten cohorts when you talk about increasing numbers in the game. So we started on our on our rebuilding of umpire numbers back at the end of uh, 2022. We've got a lot of work to do to make that an attractive part. I think Part of it is creating really clear pathways. Um, I, I think our AFL and AFLW lists will take care of themselves if we can make it um, community mm. football umpiring better. There, there is a bit of responsibility, though, Kane, and just on the environments that umpires come into. And I, and I think we all need to own that a bit. We've got to own making sure that it's a it's a fun thing to do. And if your match day experience is less than that, then you know, it's a bit hard to retain. So I think we've all mm. got a responsibility to help grow the umpiring numbers. 
How close, um, obviously, if you're planning this 10 years out, you'd be, obviously, the left hand needs to talk to the right hand. So what you want football to look like at the top level or what you want football to become. So the concussion issue, um, rules of the game, um, you know, laws, etc. That that would have to be a, something that you would be considering in terms of ground size and what you're actually providing in terms of this grassroots development and the and the investment in it. I think that's the beauty of the way that Andrew Dillon set up the executive with Laura Kane, and I, and I work closely with Laura and her team. I do, I do. I'm a little bit um, less committed to that at the entry level. I think we're going to make mm. it fun for boys and girls first and foremost. We're going to yep. make it a really enjoyable experience. For parents, households, and then as you as you walk your way through, you're quite right, Nathan, in that as it gets to 14, 15, 16, those formats and pathways need to start to mirror the elite game. But I, I, but I I just don't want us to fall into the trap of going after that outcome too early. Mm-hmm. I think six to ten year old juniors is really really critical for us post COVID, and I don't feel that they need to do anything other than come and enjoy themselves whenever they choose to kick a footy. Uh, j- just that. one final one from me, Robin, not not related to this, but the update on Tassie. I mean, I, I think we're a little bit fatigued by it because the information seems to change and a lot of it is politically related, of course. But from the AFL's um, standpoint, where is it at? Well, I think we've been, um, what I think, we've been incredibly consistent. Um, Andrew... Uh, Dylan, our CEO, has been um, repetitive, if not if not anything else, on this. It's the license in a twenty-three thousand roof stadium uh, where we are in our conversation with the Tasmanian government. We haven't um, deviated from that from day one, and we don't intend to. So I think the the process is continuing, but the conditions are clear and known. And so, from if I then bring that back to my portfolio, which is game development, this is the most one of the most colossal announcements for Tassie footy in its history. Mm. And you know, the growth and the energy and how it's reinvigorated footy down there already and they haven't even bounced a ball yet is incredible. So you know, we'll put our shoulder to that wheel and the rest of the process will, will sort of continue to work through. Rob, thanks so much for your time. No problem at all. Rob Ald there, the AFL General Manager of Game Development. A billion dollars across the next decade. Look, it's bold, it's ambitious, as he has said. And we want to speak to you. I mean, what what does your club need? What what challenges are you facing? And how could you use some of this cash that is set to be splashed over the next 10 years? Let us know. Join in the conversation. one 736 736